Welcome to Tekka Masala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. This is episode number three, Sunday, February 15th. Kya hoga Twitter ka? And joining me for the third time in three weeks is Saket. Hi guys. Hey Saket. Again, the episode number two was well received. We got around 450 downloads this time. And that's an improvement from the initial 250, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And this is partly also because I I put the feed into the Indica's mother feed for a day or so. Probably that is where we got around, you know, those extra downloads. And but you know, interestingly, I got a few emails from people which I should start forwarding it to you from now on, saying that they like what we were doing. Great, that's great. So let's continue. All right. Uh, The first up, we have uh, this interesting story from India. Indian scientists at uh, the National Dairy Research Institute, I think, in Chandigarh, have cloned the fir- the world's first buffalo calf. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And uh, apparently, they have used a technology which is superior to the one that is that was used to clone Dolly. Yeah, Dolly the sheep. I think that this method is called the hand-guided uh, method. and uh, an important uh, change here is that uh, it is cheaper it is more cost effective it's easier and it also allows the scientists to select the gender of the the clone to be born yeah i think uh, i think that is that is the key you know uh, being able to choose the gender of the animal to be born is the key keeping in in view the reason that they are getting into this cloning because cloning is uh, particularly a very controversial topic right Yeah, yeah, cloning is very controversial. Banned in the U.S., uh, allowed in certain European countries. Always an issue of contention. And then there is human cloning. Has not really advanced as fast as it should have. The Dolly thing happened a long time back. So I mean, there should have been more advancement. And uh, right, and 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 I mean, the whole reason that they have chosen to clone a buffalo of all animals is to is to face the challenge of increasing milk demand for the growing population in India. Now, while reading this uh, story, I found out an interesting bit of trivia that India has the largest population of best buffaloes in the world. Now, best buffaloes in the sense the buffaloes that give the most milk. So uh, they managed to do this, but apparently and unfortunately, four days later, the the cloned calf could not make it through and died due to pneumonia. But this is something which has been seen with the previous clones as well. A lot of them do die unnaturally, and I, I think uh, after getting cloned, the animals which result are slightly more susceptible to diseases than a normal newborn calf. Uh, but but I think this is mostly to do with uh, because uh, because it's not natural, animals. is it? Because it's not natural and all those things. Because essentially the animal is a replica of itself, and there is no real female uh, component involved. I think uh, something goes wrong somewhere, and 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 these animals become susceptible to diseases. But there have been improvements here. Anyways, uh, a big big thumbs up I feel to the six scientists who were S K Singla, R S Manik, M S Chauhan, Palta, R S Shah, and E George who were involved in cloning this particular animal. Okay, another India story. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. WSJ is finally WSJ is Wall Street Journal has launched an Indian version of its website right now. This is with uh, Rupert Murdoch's overall strategy of focusing on Asia and Asian markets. This is contentious because India has got uh, these set of laws to make it difficult for uh, foreign news company owners to start uh, media outlets. Yeah, the FDI FDI cap I think is somewhere around forty nine percent, if I am not wrong, to enter. I heard a story some a week back saying that it is going to reduce or some laws are going to change there. 
but this is a contentious issue so I and mean, while the online edition is available for an india specific audience the print is still still stuck in that the dow jones has got approvals for releasing facsimile editions in india for two versions of the wsga which is the american broadsheet ed- edition and i think uh, the other asian edition which is more like a magazine uh, yeah. so i'm um, facsimile means that uh, the uh, edition will be published as is including original ads and mm. indian uh, advertisers will not be able to get on to those papers and essentially they'll be replicas and this is in addition to the existing partnership that they have with hindustan times which which publishes mint you know so yeah, i think they publish four pages of the wsj in the mint uh, that seems to be understand yes that's correct and i think i i love the paper just for that reason i i believe the content that is coming from wsj is undoubtedly one of the best content available crisp and to the point and very accurate and let's hope that we get the whole thing available in india pretty soon Okay, moving on. Next story. Sorry. Indian diplomats uh, have been barred, I guess, from using uh, uh, many Web 2.0 services. Yeah, there there was a complete study that was done, and they have put various layers of barriers uh, barriers against intrusion into the networks. And this exercise has been going on for quite some time. They they first implemented this within the PMO, and now they have extended it to the entire. indian diplomatic community out there so no more facebook accounts no more blogs no more orkut accounts for indian diplomats no more downloading no more gmail no more hotmail yes exactly i mean no more peer to peer music sharing like kaza and you know no more photos on flickr and picasa and even they had to you know issue a directive saying that they cannot use gmail yahoo or hotmail account for official communication can you can you imagine that since they had to send out an official Uh, communication just imagine how many people might have actually been doing it see lack of regulation always has been the problem i mean i mean our it laws has have been far behind in fact this is very funny because in the united states cia is actually going on to facebook to recruit people and all those things so while you see india moving away from all those things cia actually has a an official community on facebook I think CIA also has its private version of Facebook or some such network. I guess the, those are the differences that we have in the US and India. No, but I think this is great. In another case, I would have like said that uh, this is uh, infringement on rights and so on and so forth. But these are diplomatic work. Yeah, so I mean security at play here. Exactly. exactly. And I really don't want my external affairs minister to be or anybody in that ministry to be downloading stuff from Kaza or or, or scrapping on Orkut and things like that. Yeah, sharing I mean, sharing not- sharing private and heavy you know documents through rapid share is not what I think you know Indian diplomats should be doing. so it's not advisable like it. it's not advisable not at all while we are talking about social uh, networks facebook has apparently valued itself at 3.7 billion dollars which is down around 12 billion dollars in october 2007 had valued itself at 15 billion But this is quite stark because at that valuation, Microsoft purchased 1.6 percent of Facebook stock at about 240 million dollars, and um, this this happened in 2007. And in June 2008, when Facebook was undergoing a trial with Connectio, this is uh, this is uh, it's a rival social network. You know, it's a rival social network basically where Mark Zuckerberg worked. Mark Zuckerberg is the founder of uh, Facebook. and connect you basically said that mark zuckerberg had picked up some source code and business plan from connect you connect you consists of zuckerberg's former college mates so that that explains a lot of things yeah, yeah. so i mean eventually facebook settled with connect you 
and paid them 20 million in cash yeah and some stock which which basically amount came down to around 31 million dollars in settlement so in that trial facebook itself packed their own value at 3.87 billion even subsequent to that when facebook gave out stock stock options i think uh, that uh, value was uh, respected so i mean this didn't really bode well for microsoft which paid a hefty price for purchasing facebook stock when the market was booming as articles and blogs actually say that microsoft paid for buying the preferred stock and hence the additional cost because the preferred stock is where microsoft got the right to see that it's basically getting the right of first denial okay if microsoft does not want to do anything with facebook only then google can come and to partner up with them so that you know, is from valuation perspective to the preferred stock or whatever stock all the stock is valued the same yes but what microsoft here paid for is getting that first right of denial is what i'm saying so it is more like a strategic move for it's microsoft. yeah it's more like a strategic move it's more like a way to keep google away from facebook is how i look at it. more on valuation news uh, twitter again haha Uh, they have raised a new round of funding as well and this time it is 35 million yeah 35 million from benchmark and institutional venture partners this comes in addition to the earlier in venture capital investment that they got which amounted to around 20 million dollars and they have had two rounds of financing only uh, last month twitter was looking at getting a funding to the tune of 20 million dollars at a valuation of around 250 and uh, this month uh, i mean they have announced the 35 million um, funding at around a valuation of 230 million and i mean this is really great news for twitter but it raises some important questions about what will happen to it now <laughs> it's where, how do they get their money back right now, to be fair to twitter twitter has grown i mean i mean twitter has 2.6 million active unique users as of now right. uh, according to comscore and they have grown 900% up from the last year now that is phenomenal that that's phenomenal yeah that's phenomenal but you know and and it's the hottest thing out there but the interesting thing which people keep on asking again and again and they haven't received an answer from anybody is how is twitter going to make money because they have all these users now what do they do with them yeah twitter always has 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 been you know a topic of contention ever since twitter was launched i mean all this is great but where's the money there have been different options mooted something like a 160 by 2 sms kind of a thing where subsequent to every tweet there is a single line message because twitter had started including some tips tweets so people thought that they would put ads there and so on and so forth but more or less i mean on the revenue front twitter has been has been wanting I mean, whereas people have been making money off twitter right exactly and that is what that is what now they have come and said you know in in a in a blog post what they said that they might be thinking on a way of charging corporate accounts because and this is the statement that uh, bizstone which is a founder of twitter said that we are noticing more companies are using twitter and individuals following them now they need to come up with ways to to monetize this experience and to make it more valuable and charge for commercial accounts in the last week's podcast in fact i noted that a, a twitter has got an api which people which people access to build twitter clients and those right. clients get funding and and so many other, other things so twitter should simply start charging more for extra api and that's the that's the most straightforward way to make money yeah i know i mean what they should do you know what i feel is that there are so many applications paid applications that people are buying to use twitter for example yeah. there is an application for iphone which is which costs something like $4.99 and the developers of that application they are making a lot of money and nothing is going to twitter so that's what i'm saying just charge them for the api and i think it there should be a fair uh, or at least that should be one credible source of revenue for twitter yeah so 
I, I totally think so and I'm looking forward to the revenue model that they try to come up with. Now talking about revenue models, another company which is struggling with revenue models is YouTube. And we yeah, uh, have found one apparently. Yeah, apparently. So so tell us about that. So, so YouTube is, uh, in fact, last month when the Obama inaugural address was happening, uh, YouTube had released a video publicly for download. And this is, so I'm not talking about any hack here. So I mean, there are so many Firefox extensions which you can install and uh, you can download any flash video of the internet. But this is not uh, anything like that. YouTube officially offered a download of uh, the Obama address in an MP4 format, which is the iTunes format as well. And now YouTube has come out with a statement that uh, YouTube's partners could choose to offer their video downloads for free or for a small uh, fee paid through Google Checkout. So essentially uh, what happens is uh, partners set up videos which people download and since the transaction happens through Google Checkout, they make money there and I'm sure they have a licensing deal as well where they, they, they get a certain share. This is one of the better ways of YouTube trying to make money, okay? Because here the partner is actually going to get charged the fee and the user is not going to be burdened with some additional transactional fee or anything like that. So I feel this is I a good I think way. what YouTube is going towards is something which is part Hulu and part iTunes. Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. And then the format that they are also supporting right now is MP, MP4 format, which is what iTunes uses. And also interestingly, YouTube was the only application which was available on iPhone, if you remember, when it was first launched. Okay, yes, so there, that there, was an Apple YouTube. That was not uh, that that was that, that application was not uh, written by uh, Google. Right, but what I mean to say is that Apple has al always been friendly to Google. Google and Apple always have been friendly, and they both have a tendency to gang up against. Uh, I mean Microsoft. That, yeah, they uh, have a common enemy. Enemy basically. Dushman ka dushman dost hota hai sort of deal, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Google has been focusing on revenues this year, along with YouTube announcing downloads. They also announced this week that uh, they were shutting off their radio ad business. Yes, and so, not, not a lot of people knew that Google did this. I, mean, I think it. Google did radio and print. They bought out a company called DMARC Broadcasting right. in 2006, I guess, uh, for around $102 million and they were selling radio spots through them. And I think they were also doing print, but they shut, shut off print earlier. And, and now they are announcing that they are uh, uh, discontinuing the radio ads business and they have also laid off the 40 people which were associated with it. But interestingly, the, the Google TV ads business is still running and I'll be interested in seeing what happens to that now. Yeah, so they're basically making a smart move here. What they're doing is that they're trying to keep those businesses where uh, advertising ROI is measurable. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, their their rationale for keeping the TV ads is that they can track people switching channels. I mean, I mean that's how TRP ratings also track uh, people's uh, TV usage. But so, but they can track uh, TV channel switching, and then they can therefore find out how what ads are effective and so on and so forth. And yeah. while they have they're setting up the radio ad business they are trying to move towards the online streaming audio ads as an alternative i mean so which means uh, ads inside podcasts i guess so many other things which get streamed online right exactly and that'll be a good news for some uh, for people like us right i mean yeah yes, definitely that one of the reasons that adsense took off is because of the whole blogging uh, revolution and now so i'm sure uh, online ads can t t t take off uh, podcasting yeah exactly so let's see let's wait and see what happens because Google TV, I don't see it happening until uh, the big four broadcasting networks who have currently banned Google welcome them into their into their club. 
so that uh, because right now google only has deals with dish network and hallmark channel bloomberg tv where google tv ads can be broadcasted and which accounts to only 13 million american television households which is nothing compared to what it actually is out there so until those four broadcast network welcome google google tv might not take off but i think this has a potential to take off i mean i don't know how relevant it is to google's business at the end of the day but i mean i, I mean i mean relevant to the business i see google is in the business of making money so whatever is in relevant to making money google is going to be interested finally yeah. that is what it boils down to but that is not what it looks like when google launched the power meter this week yeah, google launched a set of products again this week uh, they launched something called google power meter which is a product which will allow people to find out how they are consuming electricity like, i mean it will give them a graph which will show them hours of the day and electricity usage per day and per month per week and essentially allow people to even in real time find out how much power they are consuming then uh, with this knowledge reaction yeah and also it will also give them details like which gadget is consuming the most power you know is it is it your air conditioning or is it your refrigerator or is it uh, your your dvd player or the, the the computer that you have left on throughout the day so you will get that level of detail and you could probably take remedial actions based on that which i think but is this requires cool. a smart uh, electricity meter i mean this this is this cannot happen on a regular electricity meter i mean we're talking about american electricity meters here not about uh, not, not indian but i mean apparently uh, there have been certain new meters uh, which have uh, come out and which are controlled by utility companies so what google is planning to do is that uh, strike deals with uh, utility companies to get uh, this data i mean obviously they, this will have certain authorizations required from the user i guess yes it will and i think those meters are are, are called smart grids and right now what google is doing is is taking steps to build relationships with utility companies and also with device manufacturers to gradually roll out these programs to people because until that happens until the current existing meters get replaced there's going to be a problem for power meter to do to gather and analyze the information that that is available out there again there's let's, one let's google product this week yeah there is another product uh, that it, it's not a product another feature let me say you know last time google launched latitude through which you could broadcast your location doesn't it feel like google is getting a bit too obsessive about letting people know where you are with the whole location based thing and all so maybe this was a part of the feature set and this something which they have released in pieces but yes i mean uh, this this has important uh, i mean privacy issues coming up because i mean you might just set it up uh, uh, like that and forget all about it and lose your ability to lie to people about your location <laughs> It, it looks like you do that quite often uh, no i don't do that quite often but i'm sure a lot of people want to do that quite often true and basically what what this feature does is adds in your google signature it adds a, 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 a message a line that says sent from colon and the area that you are in now how does google know where you are basically is using the ip address and the geographical data associated to it okay but since also this isn't always available google is actually encouraging you to install google gear and some other extension of the software which can use wifi uh, you know triangulation to locate where you exactly are so if you are into those kind of things i know it's a very cool uh, feature and all those things but if you are interested in letting the world know or letting whoever you are sending an email know where you are then just go ahead and enable it it's available under again gmail labs and uh, there's a there's a setting called uh, location in signature just turn it on 
and um, that line will get added to your email. That's great. Now, now again, tell me how how will this work if you are using a, an email client, a desktop email client like Mail or Outlook? No, I'm sure it will not work then because I mean, I'm, because uh, no matter what signature you configure to in your Gmail, uh, when you're using a desktop client, that desktop desktop client gets used uh, primarily, and Google just gets used as a proxy server. Yeah, exactly. So I, so I have sent custom formatted messages using uh, uh, my uh, desktop client, which is Microsoft Entourage, and they have reached uh, as is. Uh, whereas I would, if I would have tried to send similar messages using Google's online service, uh, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, so even if it is active and you are using a desktop client, that signature won't get added to uh, the email. Yeah, so in the emails which you send send using a desktop client, I mean the desktop client's default signature will get added. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. So while Google was releasing new products, Microsoft was not going to get left behind. Uh, it has also announced free web hosting and domain registration as well, only for a year. Um, Microsoft, I, I mean, so this is not, I, I don't think this is really in response to Google, but this is something which Microsoft is trying to set right. I mean, first up, let, let's uh, talk about email first. Uh, Microsoft has uh, enabled POP3. Uh, in Hotmail in US and Brazil. I mean, this is something which uh, was available earlier. I think yes. Microsoft Hotmail could be accessed from a client earlier. But that was not POP3. That was something called WebDAV, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But essentially, the point was that Hotmail could be used using Outlook Express. And then they kind of stopped that altogether because people were misusing it to spam, and that, that essentially was an error where spam just kind of, uh, that, that, that's when spam just originated. And that's when this got shut down and they got a little bit greedy and they made this as a $19 per year kind of a service called Hotmail Plus. Right, so and what so happened now, again, now, now what they have done is basically opened up the POP3 protocol to anybody and it's for free, right? Yeah, in the US uh, for now, I think it'll spread across the world. But the thing is here, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I must say that Gmail has forced Microsoft to do this. Yeah, I mean Gmail. Yeah, exactly. Gmail came changed the game completely. The mailbox's size went from about two MBs to one GB directly, and so they messed up the whole email market there, didn't they? So, no, it, it's not that they messed up the market. It's that uh, Microsoft was taking you right anyway. I mean, like uh, when uh, free email came in, uh, storage had a cost. So I mean, therefore you had those limits, two MB and all of that. But storage uh, it, in itself has evolved over the years. And in the next three, four years after email was launched, storage had become really cheap. Yeah. But because companies were greedy, they were saying, okay, your mail is still 2 MB, and if you want more than that, you have to pay more. So Google was the company who launched an email service in the new storage era. And they decided to pass on the benefit of cheaper storage to the consumer. And that's when everybody had to follow suit. That's true. That's true. I mean, when I said they messed it up, I mean, they ruffled the whole industry. They changed the industry, you know. And that is the price that Microsoft paid for. Microsoft and Yahoo paid for not giving the services that it really could to its users, I believe. And that's where Google got its whole, uh, Google got a halo behind it. It's, it's by providing. Microsoft is trying to make up for it with uh, Office Live Small Business, which is the other new thing to come from Microsoft. And uh, I think Microsoft Office Live Small Business gives you a free domain for a year, uh, which will include an email address. It will include uh, several business management features like contacts and tasks and collaborative features. So essentially what they're doing here is uh, launching a service like Google Apps, which is paid. Uh, but it is free for the first year. And uh, after that, it costs uh, 
small businesses uh, $15 year after year. I mean, we don't have any words the limits and so on and so forth. But that, that, that seems to be the general idea here. Okay, so another thing that Windows did was announce the Windows 7 upgrade parts uh, this week. So what, what's going to basically happen is that they came out with a release saying how are they going to transport all the users who are currently using XP or Vista to Windows 7. Uh, so since Vista was so bad, what Microsoft seems to have done this time round is that uh, they have included XP in the upgrade path. So which means that even though you cannot actually upgrade XP to Vista, you have to do a complete reinstall, but you get a rebate on your purchase of uh, Windows 7. So basically you are on the same level as a Vista user. Yeah, so this is basically, if, if you are an XP user, uh, you, you don't have to pay as much as a new copy of Windows 7. And by the way, let me tell you, Saket, Windows 7 is beautiful. It's working without any problems. I've been using it for two weeks. It's almost ready for shipping. That that is how good it is. Uh, it's got a lot of Mac-like features. Uh, so yeah, it has got a lot of, but it is. Diff- I mean, there are intrinsic differences between Windows and Mac. But I'm, uh, we can definitely say that Windows Seven is getting more and more uh, Mac-like. What with the dock-like uh, taskbar and so on. And so forth. Yeah, and the search feature and all those things. So it's 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 good. So another thing about this story I would like to point out is uh, with respect to the Vista upgrade parts. So, I mean, from what it looks like in the story, uh, Vista upgrade parts seem to be very limited. So, I mean, uh, Vista Home Premium can be upgraded to Windows 7 Home Premium. Uh, Similarly, Vista Business can be upgraded to Windows 7 Professional. And Vista Ultimate can be upgraded to Windows 7 Ultimate. But apparently, Vista Home Basic or Vista Starter Edition, uh, those are not mentioned here. And it's not quite clear what's going to happen to them. Yes, while, while it's not very clearly mentioned as to what is going to happen to those Home Basic guys, what I feel is that Microsoft is just going to be nice and I haul the Vista Home users, you know, no matter if you have a premium version or a basic version, you are going to get Windows Home Premium Edition because they're just to reduce the confusion out there. I hope they do that. It doesn't say out there, but I hope. No, but Microsoft is not really trying very hard to reduce the confusion because with Windows 7, from what I've heard, there seem to be as many SKUs because I think there is a starter edition in Windows 7 as well. Yes, there is a starter edition. Interestingly, this starter edition is available. Now, what has historically been happening is that starter editions were only available for sale in developing countries, okay? Countries like India, China, Russia. But from this time onwards, with Windows 7, they are going to introduce the starter editions in the US and the developed countries as well, all their big markets as well. Now, but do they really need this? You know, the trend right now is moving towards netbooks, is moving towards smaller computers that have, you know, lesser resources. So I feel a starter edition is targeted towards those sort of computers, the, the triple E PCs and HP Mini Note and all those sort of computers. But some of them are actually fairly powerful. I mean, if you look at the Sony's Vio um, uh, netbook or, I mean, even in fact, the HP one, I mean, it's not uh, quite as cheap as the Asus or uh, right. other options. Exactly. So so this particular edition is probably meant for those guys where you don't do as much, you, you just use it uh, as a travel computer, you know, you don't use it permanently. So that is what it is meant for. And for... Vista users, there's not, not going to be a lot of problems upgrading to Windows 7. There's a direct upgrade available, but backing up all your data before going for this upgrade 
is highly highly recommended because you never know with software there are always problems okay i think the system architecture for vista and windows 7 is exactly the same is almost same. is all about ui i think it, it, the difference lies and this is what i have noticed the difference lies in how everything is being presented you know how much information is available on the first on the screen itself so all all the information that is rarely used is completely hidden it is still available out there but it is hidden so that so those were the topics that we had i i want to give out a shout out to a, a comment that we got on our uh, you know last episode where we asked people to tell us is tuba was available in the us and we got a reply saying that yes it is available in the us without any problem so that answers our question Uh, you can download this podcast on www.theindicast.com which is going to be the main website where this podcast will be made, made, made available uh, and you can also follow my blog which is at www.walturo.com it is v u l t u r o.com and you can follow us both on twitter i am at uh, walturo again which is v u l t u r o uh, and i am at uh, twitter.com/acmahatri a as in apple c as in cat and m h a t r e all these links are available on the indicas.com and also i would like you guys to go and subscribe to the you know itunes or the google reader feed that we have on on our website so please do that so that you get all the episodes reach you in time all right and don't forget to spread the word that's about it for this episode bye bye thank you guys ಸೋಹೆ ಭುಜಾಚಾರ ಏಕ ದಂತ ಚಂದ್ರಮಾಲ ಲಾಟ ರಾಜೆ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಮ